Thank you for joining us on today's episode of the Overcoming Monday podcast, where we provide you with little secrets for your big breakthrough. In each episode, we'll hear from writer, speaker, mom, and pastor's wife, Shari King, as she invites you into conversations with some of her favorite people who are talking about the issues that matter most to you. Overcoming Monday is a podcast designed to enhance your emotional and spiritual health. Our mission is to help you understand yourself, the people you love, and the world around you so that you can win where it matters most. Now let's get started with an introduction to the episode. Hi, this is Shari King with Overcoming Monday. I'm so glad that you tuned in here today. My husband's in the studio with me. Thanks for inviting me in today, Shari. Mm -hmm. I always like sitting around and talking to you. I know. You (laughs) showed up because we had a couple of friends come today. Right. So uh, you've been able to interview Sam and Tony Collier for today's episode. And we became friends with them a few years ago. I met Sam at an event probably four or five years ago that I was preaching at. And then we met them uh, most recently again at Catalyst. And we just love Sam and Tony. They're great people to be around. Right. They're so fun. They're so encouraging. And they have a great voice for diversity. So that's what we talked about today. We talked about diversity individually, diversity in the church. And we also talked a little bit about Sam's new voice, uh, Sam's new book called Find Your Voice. Right. And the cool thing about Sam and Tony, you know, they've been married for a couple of years. They've got great influence. They're an African-American couple that God is using in lots of different cultural spaces, but also in predominantly white churches. So this is a really interesting episode today. Yeah. You guys don't want to miss this. I'm not kidding. It really uh, was a heart changing episode for me. So get your cup of coffee and sit down and listen. That's right. Hey guys, um, this is Overcoming Monday, and I'm so excited to be here today with Sam and Tony Collier. I met them at Catalyst this last year, and they are so fun. They have so much energy, which I think they're known for, right, guys? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yes. Um, Very encouraging. I've heard that you guys just lift people up, that you've had a lot of motivation, um, motivational speaking with different students and different people in your lives. You're, You're just trying to pull them along, right? Just trying. Just trying to do everything we can. We're so excited to be here with mm-hmm. you. Yeah. I know. They, right? They drove today yes. just to come up here and do this podcast, which I am so honored to do with you guys. Yeah. yeah. What I love is um, you guys have such a diverse um, audience, but also you have so many things that you do in ministry. And I was just wondering if you guys would just take a minute to start us off by telling us what you do. Do you want to start out, Sam? Sure. <laughs> Again, excited to be here um, with, with my beautiful wife, ah! right? She's in the building uh, up here at, with the Kings, if oh, I can yeah. call it that. Mm-hmm. You guys are legends <laughs> in Legend. ministry. That doesn't mean you're old. That doesn't mean that. <laughs> oh, it just means that you've done some incredible things. You forged some paths. You, you guys are great examples, I think, for us to look at and Absolutely. go, you know what? Let's, let's aspire uh, to be like them um, in mm-hmm. terms of what God has been able to do through your platform and through your ministries and through your influence, all of that. Yeah. Um, I think for us, you know, uh, the easiest way that we've been able to explain kind of what we do is we have a company together yeah. called the Resource Group Global, which most people don't know, mm-hmm. um, but it is, I guess, our way of tr- streamlining some things. Uh, the Resource Group is a consulting partnerships and ideation organization. Mm -hmm. And through that company, we partner with different organizations to help uh, bring growth to whatever they're trying to do. So Mm -hmm. um, Orange will will fall under that. Mm -hmm. So I'm on retainer with Orange or I'm Mm -hmm. on the Orange staff as uh, the director of city strategy, which Mm -hmm. just kind of helping them uh, turn the ship as it pertains to diversity and multiculturalism. Mm-hmm. Tony also, uh, we have a, I guess, a partnership with Breathing Room. Yeah. Sandra yeah. Stanley, which oh, I'll let, yeah. her, let her talk about just in, yes. in, in a couple of seconds. Um, uh, and then obviously we're with North Point and we're with an organization called Bright Peak. We have a partnership with them, which is thriving. They're like a Christian financial services organization. Mm-hmm. But Bright Peak kind of focuses on that 18 to 35 year old kind of demographic, young couples, mm-hmm. and helping them tell a better love and money story. You, you want to tell them That's about right. Breathing Room? Listen, I want to jump in, but let yeah. me just say this, that Sam didn't get the opportunity to say. <laughs> he has an incredible, okay, radio podcast. It's called A Greater Story. Yeah. Um, and I absolutely love the tagline. It says, when your story connects to God's story, it leads to a, a greater, greater story. story. Yay! <laughs> I love the uh, name of that. <laughs> I love it. And so he gets to um, interview uh, Christian influencers. 
influencers in the world. And it's just such a powerful. I just love I can talk all day about it. It's getting ready to go on national television. Oh, yeah, these guys know about national <laughs> TV. Oh, yeah, they do. <laughs> Look. Um, so, so excited about that. And then Breathing Room has been pretty cool. Uh, this past December, Sandra Stanley, um, the wife of Andy Stanley, stepped out and released a curriculum called Breathing Room. And it's really um, targeted towards women uh, finding a pace that just gives them peace in their life. Mm-hmm. And uh, it came out. It's a 28-day devotional with an app that goes along with it, video devotional. Um, and then in around December, I just started praying about it. And the Lord put on my heart to just help and partner and come alongside her and just be her cheerleader. Mm-hmm. And so back in February, I curated um, a 50 women four week Bible study with women that do not attend North Point. Wow. Um, 70% minority every Tuesday night in February. And it was mm-hmm. just so phenomenal. It was dope. It was dope. I think I saw but, some pictures. Did you yes. do that at the battery, right? I or, did it at the yes. battery. So we have a partnership with the Atlanta Braves mm-hmm. yeah. um, where we get to just put on some social events there. So they let us have it there. It was so cool. Um, and now we're taking this thing on the road. We're going and Matrix, got to shout out Matrix. Oh, shout out for Sorry. Matrix Residential, one of our companies. They're amazing. So, yeah, so now I'm doing Breathing Room, and we are pursuing churches across America to bring this one-night um, event to them and then, you know, just encourage them to do the four-week study. And mm-hmm. it's just, it's been cool. That's so good. I met her also at Catalyst. Yeah. We had a long conversation uh, about the fact that she's trying to improve the foster care system within churches. Absolutely. And teaching families how to give foster families a break. Yeah. And just all the significant um, statistics with uh, that go along with that. And I loved her dream. I just sat there and listened and listened. (laughs) I know, right? I saw y'all hanging out. It was cool. Yeah. Yeah. It was so good to... First of all, meet you guys um, mm-hmm. and connect, and I'm I'm just honored for y'all to be here. Will you yeah. tell me a little bit about your daughter? I don't know how much you talk oh, about her. Dylan. I'll let her do the honors. Oh, she's well, so cute. All, I know. Well, first of all, we are um, recording this podcast the day after Mother's Day, so I'm still like on a Mother's Day high right now. Mm. Um, but she, I guess, in a couple of few words, she is a strong-willed blessing. Mm. That's what I like to say, or a leader. Okay, <laughs> future mm-hmm. leader. Which um, means <laughs> she does what she wants means, to do. <laughs> right. She, does, she um, she's just a powerhouse, man. She yeah. has her own thoughts, her own ideas, her own direction. It's cool to watch. It's sometimes difficult to manage, but um, she's just incredible. She's a performer at heart. We have her in gymnastics and dance and tap and ballet. I'm getting ready to transition her to some video stuff, hopefully some stage work. That's so fun. Um, but she is just, she's she'll be four in August and she's, I guess she's a mini me. I never want to say it, but it is the mini truth. Me. Mini me. <laughs> um, but she's cool. She's a cool little kid. She really yeah. is. So Well, I mean, how in the world would she not have <laughs> a big personality coming from you That's guys? That's right. She's a little wild. <laughs> yeah, a little wild. But yep. so yeah, I have a, um, if you want to say strong willed, I, <laughs> Some people told me I needed to say spirited. I, I never really got spirited. into that, but I do believe it a little bit. Um, Dan Leanne, who is pastor at our church, mm-hmm. uh, was talking about our first son, Jacob, our quote, strong world child. Yeah. And he said, you know, he's just a river. You don't dam him up. You just guide him in the right direction. <laughs> and so that's it's so true. Listen, yep. I know. Maybe yeah. maybe I'll can take that and run with it for her. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I can tell you guys are making so much different. Everything that you guys are doing, it just, every time I hear one more thing, I'm thinking, how in the world are they doing that? Yeah. Um, but I know that there's been a journey that you guys have been on. Everyone mm-hmm. has a journey, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the church is full of exciting um, things that you're doing, but there's also sometimes struggles that you go through. And yeah. I wondered if you guys would just be willing to share um, maybe some of the lows and highs of the journey that you've been on together in ministry wow i know where do you you want to start it's a hard (laughs) question i know now just just to be clear just clarify that a little bit more for me just so i don't take you on a three-hour journey (laughs) right well this is what i think um i'm not a minority yeah i'm a white woman which i guess if you women are minorities to sure, compare it to sure. say, true, you know, the white man dominates the world. Right. But, <laughs> um, so That's I guess scary. in a, in a way I'm, I'm slightly a minority, but I don't, um, I have a friend and she said to me one time, she said, 
um, she is a minority. And she said, I wish that people could just understand instead of push some of the things that we go through aside. And she said, specifically, I'll tell you something that I don't understand. I'm a woman who has uh, gone through college. I have a master's degree. But it doesn't matter if I walk in a store, someone follows me around because I'm African-American. They think that I'm going to be stealing something just because of the color of my skin. She said, it doesn't make any sense. It's just how it is. And she actually married a youth pastor who comes to our camps and we had long talks Every time they come, I'm like, okay, tell me more. Um, <laughs> and I think that's what I want to know. Not necessarily you guys talking about, you know, yeah, one time I was, someone thought I was shoplifting. But I think <laughs> giving me, giving our audience an understanding yeah. of the difference b- between, say, the experiences that you guys have had um, being minorities and something that I would have gone through as not being a minority. I just, I want to, yeah. I want there to be awareness and understanding. Yeah. Yeah, I think, um, and then, Tony, you can definitely jump in. Yeah. Not that I have to go first at all, um, but you were looking at me, so I thought you were hey, saying go first. Listen, lead <laughs> us. Lead us. I love um, it. Uh, you know, I think shortly put, both of us come from um, predominantly black church environments. Mm-hmm. Um, I was at a 25,000-member church, went through a scandal, dropped down to 3,000, but before that, it had a legacy of incredible ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah some of the um, greatest voices in, in, in urban Christianity, if you were to say it that way, yeah. came through that house and uh, was birthed out of that house. Tony came from another ministry that yeah. has pretty much a, a national brand too. Yeah. Um, and she helped plan a couple of churches, but she went through some, some, some difficult times there, like just right. like all of us. Um, but it, the ministries helped shape who we were and mm-hmm. who we are today. Yeah. Um, but going from those environments to uh, predominantly white environments, mm-hmm. which now, by the grace of God, we've been able to help diversify over the last four or five years. Mm-hmm. Um, it has been uh, definitely a great honor, mm-hmm. um, a great privilege to see it diversify. I think it would be different if you were trying to you know, uh, chip away at something and it just wasn't chipping away. It's like, man, right. is this ever going to be diverse? You know, but... But it actually has. I mean, at Orange, you know, we've increased in our products by 60% in diversity, mm-hmm. 60, 70%. Yeah. North Point, I think, used to be 5% diverse. Now it's jumped to probably 15. Yeah. Wow. You know? It's cool. Um, I, dare I say 20? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, but, what, you know, but with that, I, 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 I say all that to say that is the, 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 great, the, the great results mm-hmm. of, a, of, of an internal struggle and battle uh, that we've had to go through. Um, just learning how to be us mm-hmm. um, and be relevant mm-hmm. in a context that doesn't necessarily look like us right. and still maintain who we are. Right. right. I think um, Derwin Gray, I cannot remember the two terms. I feel really ignorant right now. But he said there's a difference between, I think both of the terms started with an A. Yeah. But if you're a church and you are trying to bring black people in, but you just remain a white predominantly your style remains yeah. white, but yeah. you're hoping to diversify. So mm. you're inviting and trying to make it happen, but you're not changing the culture of your right. church at you're all. Assimilating. Yeah. yeah. Assimilation yeah. versus what's the other one. There was an, there's another term and the other term mm. means that you actually change the culture of your church to reflect the people rather than just gotcha. keeping, um, say a mega church culture and then just saying everyone's invited. He said, he yeah. told me that what happens is after a few years that the diversity leaves instead mm-hmm. of remaining because they, they don't really feel like they ever had an influence yeah, or a like place. Home. Yeah. So yeah. I guess what, um, how would you say, what are some plans or what are some, I guess, strategies or changes that you guys took with orange yeah. Are there any specific things that churches can do or people can do, I think, in their lives? I, we're yeah. talking to a lot of women. Yeah. What can they do in their lives to be diverse, to introduce their kids to different cultures, you know? Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, I think I I have to shout out Reggie Joyner because mm, yes. um, to be the type of leader that he is at the level in which he is at, um, he 
he probably is the furthest along in terms mm-hmm. of that leads on the level that he leads. I mm-hmm. mean, massive conference, um, the curriculums in, I don't know, 12, 13,000 churches. He does a 22 city tour, all of that. Mm-hmm. But the man, I mean, at this point, it's just every time you bring up anything about diversity, he just starts crying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Any time. But it's to, just his heart. Oh, his right. heart. Yeah. And so to, to your point of what can we do? What can organizations do? What have we seen? Um, I would say to avoid that, you know, the w- w- in terms of what you said earlier about the assimilation versus, mm-hmm. I don't know, if, is the word act- actualization? Is that even a word? I don't know what the word is. I can't remember, but, <laughs> but I we'll bet it's in, it out, right? <laughs> it's in this youth worker magazine right here. Is, we'll, we'll figure it out. Um, but to avoid um, the whole assimilation piece, I would say one, one of the things that Reggie did well is he just, he he didn't tell everybody else to, to go and do something he wasn't doing. Mm. Yeah. So he said, Sam, I want, I want, let's do life. Mm-hmm. And then he went and got Virginia, you know, Virginia Ward and then, you know, Lee Jenkins. And then I introduced him to Bernice King and, and then Tasha, he's just, he's, he's surrounding himself mm-hmm. with minorities and mm-hmm. doing life with them. I mean, on a daily basis to where if he's in another city, he's texting, Hey, what do you think about this? Hey, did you watch this? At this point, And I, you know, I mean, <laughs> he, yeah. I, we were having a conversation the other day. I said, I think you might know more <laughs> right. about, the lynching history in America than me. Yeah. <laughs> and I know a lot. Hey, I'll tell you, I was um, very shocked the other day because I was standing around with a few older men from this town and we're in South Carolina. So there's a lot of old trees here and we were talking about how beautiful the old trees are. And he goes, if you knew the history of those old trees, you would not think they were beautiful. <laughs> oh, wow. And I just was wow. stopped in my tracks because I... N- I didn't even think imagined, that, right. um, but it's the, tr- it's the truth. It's the truth. Some yep. people s- see those trees in a different way than I do. Right. And so I think we have to understand what different things mean to yeah. different people when they don't mean the same thing to yeah. me because Absolutely. I, I am not aware. 100%. And yeah, I mean, I, I just, I think, you know, Reggie's reading, he's like to that understanding point, he's doing everything he can to understand Mm -hmm. and I think as he understands what I have seen is his heartbreak and out of that heartbreak flows the changes in the organization Mm -hmm. and so uh you know he makes different things you know let's do this let's let's make sure when we're hiring that in our hiring process that we're considering minorities let's not just hire from our friend circle because most of our friend circles look like us right but let's get outside let's let's go the extra mile to make sure that we are that we're that we're doing that let's not just you know I, i sit with a lot of our curriculum teams and he's like you know let's Let's look at what we're writing. Mm-hmm. Sure, my, my newest statement is the gospel is diverse, mm-hmm. but the application isn't. Mm-hmm. It's this mm-hmm. idea. It's like, yeah, the gospel in itself, love me is love. Mm-hmm. But when you start talking about how love applies to a person in the suburbs versus how love applies to the person without anything, um, particularly maybe in the hood or even overseas, mm-hmm. it look it just looks different. It's the same love, but that you have the application is a little different. Right. And so those are the type of conversations that we have and he's bringing them up. He's modeling what the change looks like. He, you know, he models, Hey, I want y'all to be y'all. Um, don't become us because we have you here so you can be you. So anyway, I think those are some things he's doing. Yeah. Know? And what would you say? Are you comfortable talking about what some of the differences are Absolutely. that you guys have discussed? Oh, within that that we've learned and that uh-huh. we had to between <laughs> the races, I would say between the races, like. Yeah. Oh yeah, I mean it, it's interesting. And then, uh, babe, feel free to jump in, baby. Hey, yeah. Be, um, you know, uh, I, this is not a secret. Well, is it a secret? I don't know if I've said it. Pub- I probably have said it publicly. Let's do it. I might have. <laughs> For my first white friend, Chris Green. That's not a secret. I've said nope. that. He was SPD director at um, Buckhead Church, which is one of the largest campuses at mm-hmm. North Point. Um, became my first white friend, and SPD is kind of service programming director, but basically like worship pastor, creative pastor, mm-hmm. and like facilities all in one. So it was mm-hmm. like COO basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, when, when I first came in, we as an organization, I think they were trying to figure out, you know, what does somebody like Sam look like in our environment? Because it's it's one thing to have 
a minority that has grown up in white culture. Mm-hmm. And this is not everybody in North Point um, because there's some different balances as well. It's another, it's an, one thing to have somebody that has grown up in both cultures, you know, and yeah. knows how to, but it's another thing to take a guy from a black, you know, mm-hmm. um, uh, uh, environment and, and ask him to be him in a white environment. It's just, I was just different. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I was loud. Yeah. I was, you know, I'm still loud. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I, I, um, I, I laugh loud. My la- yeah. so it, I, um, you know, did I say I laughed? Okay, I thought I said I laughed loud. <laughs> um, it is what it is. Like, you know, my, my dad's from the country. Yeah, so yeah, it's when you, you know, I, I identify with black culture at the highest level. Yeah. I've got a lot of energy. You know, yeah. I wear George. You know, it is what it yeah. is. So how does Sam fit in what, we're, in, what, in what we're trying to do? And it's interesting. The first time they asked me to host, I went on stage. And what we learned growing up is when you're in a white space, you put on your business voice mm-hmm. or your white voice. You know, you just, you put it on. Uh-huh. So I go on stage. I'm, hey, so excited to be here today. Instead <laughs> of like, hey, Hi y'all. Guys. Right? <laughs> I'm just what like, up? Hey, guys, nope. you know, uh, we're so excited. We're going to do some amazing things today. Yeah. I put my voice on. And you, and you enunciate. <laughs> like, I got this. Word, they're going to love this. They're, they're, I'm like, I got it. I'm, you know, they're, they're going to yeah. understand what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. I had every word perfect. You know, I rehearsed it like 20 times. Like, uh-huh. I'm going to kill it. So after I got off stage, um, Chris walked up to me and says, well, we didn't want you to be white. You know? <laughs> That's so funny. He said, "We don't want you to be white. You know, we, 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 we want, want you to be, to be black. Right. <laughs> Aren't you black? Aren't you black? <laughs> I thought you were black. Right, right, right. Am I color blind? Right. What's happening? Exactly. <laughs> and so I'm like, well, who do you, who you want to be? He said, go. I want you to be whoever you whoever you are. You yeah. Know? And so next time he said, I want you to do whatever you think. And I'm like, you want me to do whatever it comes whatever. to my mind? And you know, so I'm coming out. I'm like, what's up, guys? Who's excited to be here tonight? You know? <laughs> you know I'm and like, how did they respond? I'm like, touch your neighbor. Touch your neighbor. Right? Well, people, I mean, and, and from my perspective, people were loving it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I thought they, they did were. Love I it. think just the shock of somebody, because I'm right. I think Andy was in a series called. Um, uh, future family, uh-huh. and so I, I I noticed that future family rhyme with Andy Stanley, and so oh. I'm like I'm like, well, guess what? We got a new series, Future Family with Andy, Andy Stanley. Stanley. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I'm, and I'm excited. I'm like, turn to your neighbor and say that, and so I'm like, man, they loved it. They were doing it with me, and then Chris was like, that was great. We didn't want you to be that black. <laughs> <laughs> So we went a little farther than we did. Right, right, right. He said, so so then the question became, let's yeah. figure out what a great mixture yeah. of you is yeah. in this space. In other words, how can we keep the essence of who you are mm-hmm. without yeah. uh without losing, you know, who you are yeah. in terms of that's good. And so that was a journey though. That was yeah. a long journey. What would you say your um hardest conversation that you've had with Sam? was like as a wife trying oh, to yeah. support him what what do you think so it's interesting um what i love about sam and i's story is where we both come from so i am originally from houston texas um i grew up honestly in a very multicultural environment and if i could say some of my environments were predominantly white because i was in competitive cheerleading i attempted to be on the swim team one time I almost drowned um, <laughs> I did that too yeah almost someone said why don't you do the butterfly I was like and yeah I, I got said, it why almost don't you drown me <laughs> <laughs> yeah I literally yeah that's a, that's just another story but why don't you I, you know volleyball I mean all these different things um really diverse school I moved to Atlanta and I almost had a culture shock if I can be honest mm. um you know growing up in Houston because you see and experience so much diversity, coming to Atlanta was like, wow. Um, I could say in one sentence that my appreciation for the African-American grew tremendously. Mm-hmm. And um, earlier you asked a question about, you know, what would I say to the moms that are out there, maybe the uh, women that are out there who are white. I would say get with someone that can stretch your thinking and your beliefs. Mm-hmm. And what's cool about our story is that Sam provided that for me within mm-hmm. our marriage so being able to listen which i mean if, if i'm paralleling this advice it it really is coming from an authentic place because i had to be willing to listen to him and his expertise on um, african-american culture history assimilation all those different things and so listening to him i think just was a big thing for us because i was just different and while i had come from an african-american church my background background growing up was not that and so mm-hmm. even going to an african-american church was a shock for me and it was hard i remember when i got on stage they were like 
you sound like a broadcastress. What's going like, let the spirit move. I'm like, okay, I don't know what to do. I've never spoken in (laughs) tongues before, (laughs) but, but you know, it's, it was really cool. So supporting him by listening, I think that was super big. Also by being quiet and going with him to environments and watching him have conversations. I mean, earlier he was like, jump in baby. But even in this moment right here, listening to his heart, understanding his experience and that it just looks different than mine um, and getting really close to the issue with him. We'll be back in just a moment, but first let's check in with Elizabeth Harper, our in-house beauty expert for some top trends and your weekly dose of practical advice. Hey everybody, this is Elizabeth again for season four of Tips and Tricks. And today I have some tips for breaking down cultural misunderstandings and pursuing diversity just in our everyday lives. I have three really simple steps, but I believe they're really effective as well. Um, And so the first step, and this is a really easy one and it's really fun, is step out of your foodie comfort zone. Um... This is something that I do with, that my husband and I do with our kids. It's a lot of fun and we've had some fantastic experiences with it. So instead of hitting up your normal everyday restaurant, um, what we do is we find some true, authentic, ethnic restaurants. We find one that we like specifically and we go over and over and over again. Whenever we go, we always ask our waiter or waitress what it is that they eat every day. What's their favorite thing to eat? And this sounds like such a simple, simple thing. But as you all know, food brings people together. And we found that this really starts up some fun conversations. By doing this, we've been invited to um, actually two Vietnamese New Year's parties um, from the owners of a restaurant as well as a Persian wedding. Um, we went to the Vietnamese new year's party. It was a lot of fun. Um, but we've just had some really great experiences and met some great friends. And so, um, I definitely recommend doing that one. The second one is serve. Um, our church has a couple of different um, cultural cultural groups that meet within the church, um, and we found some different ways to serve within those groups. And by doing that, we've gotten to know about these other cultures, broken down some misconceptions, and it's just been an awesome experience. I know a lot of churches um, have these different groups within the church itself. If your church does not, maybe ask a pastor if there's another church that they partner with in the area um, that that caters to different ethnic or cultural groups, and then just find out how you can serve them. That's an amazing way to break down those barriers um, and to find out more about people and ethnic groups that you may not know a lot about. Um, and then the third and final one is don't assume, but ask. I think a lot of times in our social media centered world, we lose the art of conversation and asking questions, um, that we may not know the answers to. And a lot of hurtful assumptions start to happen. So instead of assuming maybe based on past experiences for you or for other people, if you meet somebody that has a different ethnic background than you or has had different experiences from a cultural perspective, ask questions, find out about their life, find out about, you know, ask things maybe that you have had a preconceived notion about before And you're like, you know what? I don't know if this is true or not, but I just wanted to ask you this question. If you do this in like a respectful and loving way, you'll find the response to be so refreshing and y'all can meet from a place of love and understanding instead of assumptions and, um, and misconceptions. So I hope these tips help y'all. I love this topic and look forward to hearing more about it and hearing from you guys and the experiences that y'all have. Take care and God bless. Yeah, I think that one reason, and I'm just going to talk like a white person, but (laughs) I think one person, one reason that white people can't listen is because we feel bad. Yeah. And Mm. we can't just absorb what, black people are feeling like yeah. and, and listen we have to defend well it's not like that anymore well yeah. I'm not like that well I wasn't born that way I wasn't raised that way you know all right. of these when we hear it 
it's like we don't like it and and we don't feel like we created it necessarily so why do we have to talk about this because it makes me feel bad and so Mm -hmm. i think that that is the that's what i think white people have to step over that's our thing that we have to say i'm going to step over all of this offense and all of this i wish it were different yeah to say i can't make it different if i don't listen yeah you know because i honestly talking with my friend who i was telling you who comes to camp every year and we have these conversations i was just mad you they follow you (laughs) (laughs) when you're in a store yeah stupid i mean like i wanted to go and get mad at that person you know because i don't think it's fair but if i don't try to understand and i just explain it away and I just say, you should just feel different because it's not like that anymore. And yeah. Then I'm being ignorant because really there, it is still, uh, racism is still yeah. here. Yeah. <laughs> it is. Yeah. I mean, it's right? Alive. I just love how passionate you get you about it. I so just passionate. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. yeah and I don't, it's great. I don't like it. And yeah. I just feel like I wish that I could change it and I can't. Yeah. yeah. And the way, the only way that I know to do something is to say, let's talk about this yeah. and let's be real and yeah. let's try to understand one another. Yeah. I'm all about understanding people. I, I want to understand if something is broken, I want to know why. Yeah. And yeah. if I can, I'm not saying that I can solve everything, but at least if I know why I could take steps to try to, make some sort of improvement. I yeah. mean, or are you just going to leave your air vent broken forever? Are you going right. to like, right. go do something about yeah, it? Yeah, absolutely. You're not going to leave your air condition broken in the summer. <laughs> <laughs> because it is, We're it, not. It, it, is, <laughs> it is too stinking hot to do that, right? Yeah. So people are going to fix it. So if there's a problem, we need to look at it and take it apart and have conversations like this without, yeah. I mean, I might offend you and you might offend me, but we love each other. So yeah. we're going to figure out how, how that, to do it. Yeah. Yes. How that happens. And so I think that that's what's important. Um, well, I think it's great what you're saying yeah. and just the fact that you are even leaning into it. That's just good. It's just huge. I yeah. mean, I was, um, I have a lot of my white friends. I have a lot of white friends mm-hmm. now, like, and I love <laughs> them, you know, just as much as my black friends. And I say that publicly just because I want, you know, I think I want people to know it's possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, they've enriched my life. I've enriched theirs and, you know, new perspective. I mean, you guys are my friends. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? I love y'all. Mm-hmm. Family. We, we said y'all were family, you know, even, you know, uh, before we started this episode. But the question I get a lot about is, well, what what do we do now? Yeah. You know, I, I get it. I feel bad. I've listened. I understand, you know, how. But what can I do now? Action steps. Yeah. Right? And yeah. and I, what I tell them is I said that the best thing you can do for race relations in America, it's a couple of things, but one of the top things, if not the top thing you can do is to leverage your influence, your opportunities, your power for the upliftment. Is that a word of um, of minorities? Mm. It's the best. It's And it's what you're doing right now. You're going I've got an audience. Mm. I've got folks that trust me and listen to me. And I'm going to leverage that influence for yeah. you. Mm-hmm. And that's huge. Yeah. That, I mean, you, what you're doing right now is what is pushing. I can almost, I feel the needle going to another place, even right now as we speak. Absolutely. Us having this conversation. You, this is you putting what you have. I don't even, I don't even want to say on the line, but it's you going, let me leverage what I have for you. Mm-hmm. And that, and that's, I think that's what, that's what fixes it. Um, I think to your point about, um, so I want to applaud you on that. And I, I almost would get up and give you a hug, but I don't want us to, mm-hmm. we got to keep going. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love you. Um, to your point about um, feeling bad and not wanting to talk about it. Mm-hmm. I just want to, can I address that just for yeah, a Yeah, I'd second? love for you okay, to. Okay. I've just heard so many. Yeah. My grandma would say can we just talk about pretty flowers because <laughs> here's the truth yeah she loves people deeply and i think if she could go and wipe it, everything out and change it all she would yeah she can't hear it because it just takes her to a place of like um despair mm. and she's 93 mm. you know so i think for her it just hurts so deep yeah and i think that there are people like that like wow. i yeah. don't want to hear it 
I don't know what to do. Let's just, can we just make our world happy now? You know? Yeah. And so I do, I want to hear. It's, it's, it's such an interesting phenomenon because I feel, I feel like it's an, I feel like it's an oxymoron. It's a very oxymoronic, um, um, atmosphere that I think we're living in right now. And what I mean by that is, is that it's like we all, and, and I'm just going to talk black and white for a second, or I could talk Indian, white. I could, I could just, just differences. We, we all tend to have our issues with the, with the topic, mm. but our issues with the topic on both sides tend to clash with one another. Right. It's so interesting. So what I, mm-hmm. so what I mean by that is this, it's, this was my first year kind of, speaking at orange conference on main stage mm-hmm. not necessarily hosting because i host i've hosted in the years past on main stage this is the first year that I, I i keynoted i did a session and then um reggie invited me into a race conversation that we mm-hmm. had and i didn't say much in that race conversation because it, it was, i had already spoken and i didn't want to say too much but he did come to me and i and i brought up one thing that i think is huge he said sam what are you thinking because we were just talking about it. And, and this is to our point about not wanting to talk about it, wanting to talk about all the other things. I said, I think one of the things that I've been noticing now as I travel more in this issue and as I have more conversations with my, with my white brothers and sisters that are going, hey, I want to I wanna fix it. Because I, I'm just loving that white people are joining the party. Mm. I just, yeah. I just Because that's how we fix it. Yeah. Um, and so, but I said, one of the things I've been noticing as they are, as I create a safe place for them to say what's on their heart. Mm-hmm. And say, hey, here's what I'm thinking. I said, what I'm noticing is that the difference between us right now is black people or even minorities tend to, and I mean more from a race perspective as a minority, tend to live, we tend to live out of our history. Mm-hmm. So in other words, we connect where we are now to our history, to our forefathers, to our ancestors, civil rights, slavery, all that. We connect right. to it. Because it's what we're living in right now. It's, you know, an example. I got adopted. We know that. But I went back, you know, I found found my parents, Steve Harvey. And so I went back to see them. And they live in the hood. They just, I mean, mm-hmm. not all of them, but most of them. Yeah. I walk in my mom's house and there are no mattresses in mm-hmm. the couch. There are, in the bedrooms, there are no box springs. It's just a mattress in the middle of the floor. Mm-hmm. No pillowcases. Um, the floors, I mean, the carpets are coming out. It's just poverty at the highest level. Mm-hmm. And when, you, unfortunately, when you go to most hoods in America, they are black people of color and or minorities or Hispanics or some whites, but mostly people of color. Mm-hmm. And so you ask yourself the question, how did that happen? Well, it didn't happen five years ago. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm 20, uh, 29. It didn't happen 29 years ago. Right. This is the uh, impact of what has happened in our country. And it's just, and we're still fixing it. Yeah. And it's taking a really it's long taking time. taking a long time. But. And, because it's so deep. Yes. And because of how, oh, you know, like after slavery ended, supposedly, you're free. Well, really? Is it great to be free? Because I can't get a job. Right. And. <laughs> no one really wants me around and I don't know how to support my family. And, you know, I can, I can't imagine what I can't, I can't imagine it because it just, it doesn't feel like freedom to me, but I'm glad it happened. I'm not saying that I'm not glad it happened. I just wish that it could have been done in a different way. Yeah. And, and, Um, and that we could have advanced a little faster. Right. So to my point though, um, when we compare our current realities to one another, mm-hmm. we're living in a sense. I mean, we talk about police brutality, whatever, because I get followed around too in the store. I mean, but that's just the reality. Yeah. But with that being said, when I talk to my white brothers and sisters, their reality is not that. Yeah. They're, it's not. They're not getting followed around, and I'm trying not. I'm not trying to make anybody feel bad. I'm trying to. I'm rounding third no, base to get, get to a it. point. I brought it up. So right, right, right. So, if so anyone gets mad, get mad at me. Okay. <laughs> so because their rea- because my more white brothers and sisters' reality is not a, in a state of oppression or their family. They're not going. I mean, you may have some trailer parks, but you're not for the most part. You're not going home and seeing most of your people in impoverished areas. Then the thought is. Why do we have to talk about it? I don't have yeah, to talk about yeah. it. It's like, and so you're like, let's just, let's just move on. Let's just let's just go forward. Let's not yep. talk about what. I mean, everything's fine now. And it's like, for you, everything's fine. Yeah. 
for us, we're still working some things out. So we have the reason we have to talk about it is because if we don't talk about it, we won't figure out how to fix it. But then, and so that's the black side or the minority side, and then on the white side, it's well, if we keep talking about it, I'm gonna be sad all day. You know yeah. what I'm it's like, well, and so so you see what I mean? Yeah, and I'm gonna say something probably slightly controversial, but not <laughs> I don't think for you guys. But I I grew up in Atlanta. I don't know if you guys knew that, but I grew up in Atlanta. A-Town? Yeah. (laughs) So I was born at Northside Hospital. Um, There was a, at my middle school, there was a day that I was scared to go to school because they were having like a race war and like some white girl got mad at a black girl and then their boyfriends got mad at each other. And then it was this whole big bring guns, pull the fire alarm. We're going to open fire. I was terrified. Um, But I, I, that was middle school for me. Mm. And I just remember, um, I, I remember just hearing there's, there's, there's things that white people say. I think that we don't realize that we say, so some things that I've heard is let's go help those people as if you're those people, not real people. You know what I'm saying? Like that's not okay. Addressing somebody by their color. Right. That's not, that's not okay. I've heard that before. I'm not saying family. I'm just saying I've heard it, you know? Or um, when we go do outreach, what do we do in places like the hood? Do we talk to people or we just pick up trash and leave? Yeah. Right? Wow. And I think I think that you're picking up trash and you're waving, but like are we having a relationship with them? Are do we see them as people? Or are we yeah. are we just cleaning up because we don't like looking at it? Mm. And I that hurts me. Mm. Because I don't, Jesus wouldn't have done that. Yeah. Hmm. You know, wow. he looked at the heart and probably would have left the trash there. Hmm. And he would have walked up to their doorstep and said, hey, and we have a guy in our ministry. His name is Josh Gardner and Shay. And they are reaching out to the, some of the Section 8 housing that we have. And they don't pick up trash and they don't whatever. They go house to house and they ask people if they can pray for him. And just down the street, We've had, they've had in the last, like, they've been working there for six months. And as of right now, 16 people have gotten saved. And they go there every Thursday mm-hmm. night and they just sit with them and they read the Bible with them and they hang out with them and they spend time. Wow. Yeah. And hang out. And I'm sure at first when they were going in there, they're like, I'm sure people what were like, happening? what are these right. white people doing? You know? <laughs> um, but they've established some great relationships that I think that. Can we get over the fear of getting to know each other mm. when we feel like we're so different? I, yeah. Because I feel like we have things in common that we could find. Yeah. If we're willing to really get out of our comfort zone, really. Mm-hmm. So I think that's what breaks my heart is feeling like there's this gap that we're not talking about and we're going to act like it's not there. Like what you're saying. You're going home and you're like, most of my people are living in poverty. That's not okay. And so I have to talk about it. Yeah, you have to. And I think it's great that you do. And now we, we're talking about it. Yeah. <laughs> so good. Um, wow. wow. So what would you say looking in on Sam's life? What do you think is the most courageous thing that he's done oh. or, you know, had to do in this life of trying to, Establish diversity and just become the man that he is today. Mm. Oh no, we're gonna get emotional. Aww. That's okay. <laughs> um, you know, I would say one of the controversial things that's happening in our world right now is this tide that's turning where ministry meets culture. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for a long time in the church, we have put up walls or guardrails, if you will that said, okay, if we just talk about Jesus and love and law and spiritual attributions and the fruits of the spirit, if we just stick to Bible, you know, like just surface level kind of thing, we'll be fine. I think what's happening now is culture is prying open the walls of ministry Mm. and it's saying, no, 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 no. If we're going to talk about love, as Sam said earlier, we need to talk about the application part of it. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the things I've seen leaders struggle with in the church, pastors, um, men in leadership, executive pastors, et cetera, et cetera, is yielding to culture and saying, hey, on Sunday morning, we're going to talk about what's happening in the world. Mm -hmm. One of the things that I think is really cool and admirable about my husband 
is that he he didn't wait for the choice. He started his ministry and has always leveraged platform for culture. I remember when we first met, I was like, dude, this, this dude is just so cool. I mean, everything that he's doing is just so amazing. I said, you know, what? when we started talking about what's your dreams, what's your dreams? And, you know, he said, well, I, I can just remember this so vividly. The first thing he said was, I want to um, create a bridge of culture in the church. I, I, I That's what I want to do. Mm-hmm. I want to make sure that we aren't, you know, segregating church from culture. I want to mm-hmm. actually be in the middle of it. And that's I want to. So it. That's just been the most admirable thing is watching him leverage a platform that could be really easy. He could just go up and spit out scripture and have his slides and good to go. And, but but say, no, 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 I'm going to add a story at the top mm. that brings culture into this message. That's and that's good. just been so cool. And it's been difficult. Mm. I, I think that it would be easier for people to stomach and maybe even his platform would be a you know huge weight. But the integrity that it takes and the character that it takes for him to do that is way bigger yeah you know so that's been really cool what are some words ways that are words that you use to encourage him um okay well i'm i'm you, pretty girl <laughs> you can just act like you're encouraging i know right, right we're gonna have a therapy um, session uh I'm, I'm trying to think of this word that i said at orange conference um it was something to the effect of, it was after he got off stage at orange conference this past year it was actually a couple weeks ago and um I just say, gosh, you just, you really went up there and you really challenged people and you opened up a way of thinking and a way of feeling that I just, that was just incredible. Mm-hmm. You you created an atmosphere where people were leaning in and they were like, wow. I mean, I, so many things, but. Yeah. I love that. I love, he's a, I mean, you know, you guys may be familiar with the Enneagram. He's mm-hmm. a challenger. He's mm-hmm. an eight. Mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah. You know, um, that's my son, Jacob. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. he brings that on the stage with yeah. him. He challenges people. And yep. that's just how, that's how we grow. That's how we, you know, have these conversations and that's how like real world change happens yeah. with leaders like him. So that's good. You need to hang out with my son, Jacob last <laughs> night. <laughs> I actually had to tell him, I think that um, Quan feels interrogated, not challenged right now. So we need to stop. <laughs> we yeah. was, they were talking about basketball oh. and Quan, who lives with us, um, and Jacob, were having this discussion about LeBron James Oh, and Jacob thinks he's the best course. A lot of people do right now. Quan's yeah. just like, I don't think so. I like <laughs> these guys. And yeah. he was like, tell me why the stats don't say that. You know, uh, <laughs> I was like, I think Quan feels interrogated. You uh, know, it was funny. Um, well, as we end today, I want to thank you guys for being here, but I want you, you guys to get a chance to talk about your book and yeah. about how Yay. people can get in touch with you because I know that you just finished this book and you're super excited about it. So please talk about that and then just maybe y'all can end on how people can get in touch with you and follow you and get to know who you are. Yay. Yeah, I know. I, I just wanted to um, definitely, you know, I think break or just break open something Tony said just really quick just mm-hmm. before we go just to yeah. give clarity. I think she was talking about platform. And one of the things I was going to say is um, you do, I have had to trade platform for, con, for uh, what was the word I want to use? Platform for the sake of uh, change. Mm. I've had to do that a lot. But I think anytime you go, you, you move in an area that is um, controversial and sometimes, yeah. you know, sometimes then you 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 trade certain things for other things and now i feel like we're in a season it's a great segue yeah um where now that the work is somewhat done in a sense <laughs> it's not done right but now You've that laid a foundation. Right, now that yeah. now that we now that we've had the hard conversations mm-hmm. yeah um i think we're now more in a platform season mm-hmm. yeah which brings me to the book <laughs> yeah. yes i want to hear about it tell me well it's exciting because i feel like for a season um me and reggie were just trying to figure out we were figuring out the diversity thing we haven't figured it out all the way Mm -hmm. um every day we're getting better but i think we've made some you know uh uh, huge strides i mean the found like like you said the foundation is laid the organization has turned and is turning um and uh, now i mean we're just diversifying by leaps and bounds every single day and so i'm so excited about it and now that i think we've kind of put some systems like that in place Mm -hmm. 
we sat down and said, you know, let's let's write a book, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, called Find Your Voice. Yay. So the book, so the book is called Find Your Voice. Me and Reggie sat down in a coffee shop or a Mexican restaurant. It was a Mexican restaurant in a small town. What yeah. was it, Milledgeville? I think we were in Milledgeville. Milledgeville, yeah. And Tony was there, and yeah. uh, we just talked. You know what? What? What should I write about? You know, he was like, "What do you want to write about?" And we just kind of went back and forth. Who should it be? You know, geared towards? And we're like, "Oh, you know that that sixteen to thirty five year old kind of demographic where we want to write it to where students can it can help students, mm-hmm. but yeah. also it can help young adults or young leaders or leaders just trying to find their voice." Mm-hmm. Um, and the idea was just he's like, "You know, I feel like Sam in your story from adoption to um, growing up where you grew up to now being where you are now." you've had to find your voice so many times mm-hmm. in different spaces. I had to find, what is my voice in an all-white space? What mm-hmm. is my voice in a multicultural space? What is my voice, you know, in urban culture? How, how do I still be me and all these different things? Mm-hmm. God, what have you put inside of me that, that I need to get out? And how do I surrender to that and let that out in an authentic way? Yeah. And so, and there's been tons of challenges um, to find my voice. And mm-hmm. so in it, I tell stories about challenges that I've had to overcome and lessons that I've learned and mentors that I've acquired that has that have really helped shape my path mm-hmm. so I could find my voice. And the hope is that from my story and from different stories that I've seen happen in culture that I've learned mm-hmm. of different folks that have found their voice, um, it will help students, it'll help young leaders, it'll help leaders, youth pastors, all of that find the voice that God has uh, created for them. That's so good. <laughs> So, Overcoming Monday listeners, I know that you found something today to help you overcome your Monday. I know that you found a little secret for your big breakthrough, and I hope that today your breakthrough has been just a desire to make your Mm -hmm. life more diverse and to get to know people who maybe you haven't had a desire to get to know before. And so I'm excited that um, Sam and Tony have been here with me today. You guys can get in touch with them. They are on Twitter, Instagram, and they have a web, their websites are, tell me y'all's websites. Oh, you can go to uh, Mm samcollier.tv. So www.samcollier.tv. The book's on the page too. Okay. And Tony, yours is? Tony J. Collier. Right. And you guys are Instagram and on Twitter. It's Sam at Sam Collier and at Tony J Collier. Right. For both of those. So you guys want to follow them. I'm just telling you, you do. And if you go to Atlanta, you need to try to find them. They live at the battery. I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) But um, knock on their door. They're super awesome. And uh, I hope that you have a wonderful Monday. Thanks for listening. 